Why, why would Kanye have Kenny G in his house? Did you see that tweet? For Kim, he hired Kenny G. But then it's just Kenny G. Like, he's going to play one song and then he's just hanging out? Does he leave? What does he do? Now you just have Kenny G hanging around ruining your Valentine's Day. And he's Kanye. And Kenny G is not good. <laughs> that is the most bewildering thing that I've it's, ever seen. It's so bad because he's stuck in his place because how to yeah, roll. Yeah, how can he even <laughs> walk out? I don't get it. Kanye, I can't move. Play! <laughs> it's romantic, but then Kenny G is there. How long is she going to stand there listening to Kenny G? Wait, what's happening? Let me see this. Do you see this? Yo, and this is a... A one-minute video of straight this. <laughs> if I'm Kim, I'm like, this would have been fine did on he, the radio. <laughs> but did he, like, have Kenny G stand there and then put all the flowers around? Or did he make Kenny G, like, walk Navigate. his way through? I'm guessing. He got him to go through the back door. And he probably gave him, like, two legit foot spaces so he could stand right there. I don't get it. It's so awkward. Did Kanye do it himself? Put the flowers down? No, he did not. He had his kids do it for him. He supervised, for sure. All right, can we just start? Let's start talking about Kaepernick. Let's get this money, folks. Hey, everyone. It's For the Win podcast time. I'm Hemel Javeri, along with our resident curmudgeon, Stephen Ruiz, and video producer, Evan Thorpe. Guys, what's up? What's happening? I'll I'll take curmudgeon. I thought I was going to get introduced as not Taraji P. Henson. Yeah, I'm sorry Taraji is not joining us today. <laughs> and Just Steven me. is back. <laughs> so grumpy already. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. We have a really fun show today. We're going to talk about Colin Kaepernick in in a related way. We've got we record this show on Thursday, so today is Valentine's Day and uh, we probably have some valent sports valentines that we're going to get into. Plus, Stephen is going to talk about the Jets coaching situation, and then Evan has our beef of the week, uh, which involves the Lakers and Anthony Davis. Honestly, it's a shame that this podcast is not live streamed because <laughs> there's a lot of dancing happening right now. <laughs> and it's not by me. First of all, or Hemel. it's National Love Day, so I'm just I'm feeling lovely, y'all. <laughs> Let's talk about Colin Kaepernick. This Colin is my Kaepernick. favorite story of the year. We got to end with a banger. <laughs> What is your favorite story of the year? Steven, break it down. Break it down. A Colorado sporting goods store stopped selling Nike apparel because they had this deal with Colin Kaepernick, and now the guy is being forced to shut the store down because he's not selling enough products, which makes sense because he doesn't have Nike. That's like, <laughs> the, would you consider that the number one sports brand? Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. The guy said it's like, having a gas station with no gas but he also said one other thing that was weird it's like having a milk store with no milk which led me to ask what is a milk store <laughs> i mean that dude was fishing for analogies and those are really weak analogies but isn't nike the official apparel provider like they do official nfl jerseys mm-hmm. so yeah. he had no official nfl jerseys or nba because they took they over do the NBA. nba too oh yeah so nba so he didn't have any like official jerseys and he's a sporting goods apparel store so yes it's like a milk store with no milk <laughs> no 
but this story does have what the Germans call Schadenfreude, right? Mm -hmm. Which is that you take pleasure in the suffering of others because it feels like karmic payback. Yeah, like you shouldn't celebrate a guy losing his business, which he probably poured like his whole life into. Yes. It's ruined. But I am. <laughs> like, if you wanted to be the smart person in this, just don't sell NFL stuff. Still have your Nike stuff because not everybody's looking for NFL jersey, but people come for, like, just regular Nike shirts. So the backstory is is that this guy has had a sporting goods store in Colorado for decades, right? It is a long-running family business that you guys are laughing because this man has been driven out of business. I'm laughing that it was a family business. Uh, but he's the only licensed realtor of NFL and NBA apparel within like an 800 mile radius in Colorado, right? So there's no other place for people to go. And then this guy, he doesn't have any competition and he's just voluntarily stopped selling stuff and drove himself out of business. It's just... I mean, the mind boggles. Going bankrupt to own the lives. <laughs> you did it, man. Give him, let's give him a round of applause. He did say in the interview that I read, he acknowledged, right? Like he full on acknowledged that he underestimated how people felt about Kaepernick. He said, oh, I guess there's more supporters than I thought. And that this is the reason that he's going out of business. But he also said that he doesn't regret it. In so a, In a way, he's like the Colin Kaepernick of sporting goods stories. <laughs> Like the the say the what is the the slogans believe in something even if it means sacrificing everything he did it. Oh my god! That was slick right there. He that is slick. He's good. the Colin Kaepernick of sporting goods stores. I, I think, just feel like, like I want to laugh out loud at this, but I'm just like at the end of the day, he's not going to change up. I don't yeah. think he he views like what he did is wrong, and it's not necessarily right or wrong. It's just your family probably is going to be struggling for some time right now. Yeah, I agree. It's, it is kind of like working with his conscience, right? Like he was acting on behalf of what he thought was right, even though it was a bad business decision. And guess what? It ended up driving him out of business. Yeah, I think Trump will invite him to the White House. Oh, my God. Uh, for a good old <laughs> Big Mac and a fish fillet sandwich. Evan, what is our beef of the week? All right, ladies and gentlemen, our beef of the week is a triangle of beef. Starting off with the L.A. Lakers, you have them wanting to get Anthony Davis, but then the Pelicans, who are also in this beef, basically was like, nope, we're waiting until the Boston Celtics can get in this bidding war. And the NBA, because they're reportedly going to find the Pelicans $100,000 per game Anthony Davis does not play, which if a guy doesn't want to play for my team, I'm not going to play him because, one, he could get hurt, the trade value will go down, two – he doesn't want to play for that with us. So let's clearly get him ready to get shipped out. And then the Lakers at this like at the end of all of this basically got screwed over because they put out a package that was so good in my opinion. I would have traded if I would have if I was the Pelicans, but now all of their young guys realize like they don't want us here. They're going to trade us. So why didn't they go for the trade? Is it because the demands were too high is what they said, right? Yeah, they said the demands were were too high and they never countered the offer that they reportedly sent out so I think I think the Pelicans knew they weren't going to make any type of deal before the trade deadline mm-hmm. but I think LA showed their hand mm-hmm. and what was reported that they offered was like five young players two expiring contracts two draft picks but those five young players like they all said it like it affected them right right yeah the, because they knew they knew that they might not be with the team yeah yeah and like the Lakers think that 
the Pelicans were just playing, like, stringing them along. Like, they were never going to make the deal no matter what. Yeah. but Yeah, it, it was not a good faith deal. Yeah. But you have the Pelicans with, you know, some people say he might be the next best player in the league after LeBron leaves. And you have another team in the Boston Celtics who have just as good assets, better draft picks. Like, if I'm the Pelicans, I'm waiting for them to get along in this bidding war because you're just going to get more stuff. But if Anthony Davis gets hurt, everything is going to go off the table. But, I mean, but the trade deadline has passed. Mm -hmm. you still got months until the season is over. So you're just going to sit him out for half of the season? I mean, people are like, if a lot of players who are upset with their team just sit out. J.R. Smith hasn't played since, I want to say, October. But the NBA is not going to find J.R. Smith because he's not a star. Anthony Davis is a star who people often go to see. And if he's not playing, then they feel like fans are losing out, I guess. Yeah, but I don't understand. You're not making a very good case as to why the Pelicans would just sit him. Is it because they're tanking? Is it because they just don't want him to get hurt? Well, one, I think they're in tank mode now because they realize you know, we have to restart or what, what's, what do uh, teams called it? Rebuild? Yeah. They're going to rebuild. But if he gets hurt, a team is not going to be willing to give you top dollar for him. Yeah, so what you're saying is that they're just going to rest him because the chance that he because of the chance he might get hurt. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. they're, they're, if they play him, it'll probably be like five, ten minutes and then just sit him for the rest of the game. That sounds like a terrible situation for everybody involved. Why didn't they just trade him before the deadline? Because Boston couldn't be a part of it. And they so they're like, waiting for Boston. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jason Tatum is like reportedly the, like the big guy they want. And Boston said that basically anybody's available but Kyrie. This sounds like a lot of drama. It's like very complicated. But it's interesting, <laughs> though, because now we're going to be looking at how how many minutes has Anthony Davis played tonight or tomorrow, especially after the All-Star break. Because right. he might have some DMPs or he might just play like the first half and you might see him on the bench for the rest of the game. And it's clear that they're trying to reserve him for the trade deadline because he, he's, he's often been injured mm -hmm. and he's, mm -hmm. had, he's, he's had an injury problem. So you don't want to mess. So they're up. not risking anything you at all. Wanna... They're just like waiting. They're going to take the hit if they have to, but they're going to wait. I mean, he's arguably top five players in the league. You could get a King's ransom for him. All right, we'll see what happens. Um, speaking of King's Ransoms, we're going to hear from our sponsors at Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners for USA Today's For the Win podcast a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at forthewin.robinhood.com. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, Steven, you had a column this week arguing about... Uh, 
why the Jets should be on, uh, what is it called? Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. Uh, the HBO show. Yeah. The training camp. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with any of the players, which usually when you like see a ranking of which teams we want to see on Hard Knocks, it's usually, it usually has to do with the players. But I want to see this Jets coaching staff like up close and personal because it's insane. It's What's crazy. happening? So the head coach is is crazy. Is Adam Gaze? He has crazy eyes. I don't. Oh I, yeah, it's crazy the, eyes. He's the meme guy. <laughs> Are we sure he doesn't have any kind of like condition? No, because he never looks like that. Does he just look? Did he just look like that in that one press conference, or does he look like that always? I mean, he has an intense look all the time, but not that intense. I never noticed like his eyes until that press conference. Yeah. And like I looked at old pictures, I was like, "Yo, it was not that bad in Miami." Mm. So the Jets just brought out the crazy I mean, eyes, in which him. makes sense. <laughs> That's the Jets. But it's not even him. Like he's like the least interesting of the coaches. The most interesting is Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator. Who is a, a crazy person? Like, he was the guy behind Bounty Gate where they oh, were paying players right. money to hurt other players. And he brought his son along. And his son sounds like a lot like his father. Uh, apparently, he screamed at a prospect during the scouting combine one year. Just screamed at him. Just screamed at him. And then when he was with the Rams, he would sit in seats reserved for like senior staff members like just do it on purpose just just to just to aggravate them yeah which is funny to me that one it's getting reported which means those coaches were like mad enough about it that they <laughs> complained to reporters they're like you know what this guy is coming through and sitting in our seats it's like you didn't hear it from me but <laughs> off the record or you can yeah on background on background that's that's the uh, journalism word but here's where it gets the better their new offensive line or outside linebackers coach, his name is Joe Vitt. He is Adam Gaze's father-in-law. Whoa! So there's some nepotism going on there. In addition to the Greg Williams nepotism, but he's working under Greg Williams, and these two used to work together in New Orleans. And when Vitt was doing his testimony for the hearings on Bounty Gate, he called Greg Williams a liar and basically said he's a psycho. Like, oh my God! Like I'll read the quote from the testimony. He said the first time we brought. Greg Williams, we said, Jesus Christ, this guy is nuts. You know, I mean, talking about himself, talking about his accomplishments, talking about his money, talking about how he should, you know, the guy had a pretty good track record as a defensive coordinator. So he's basically like a rapper. <laughs> this Greg Williams guy. What was his rap what would his rap name be? DJ Greg Williams. G Will. G Will. Yeah. G dub. But, uh, yeah, so now those two are on the same staff, and they're working closely together. So these guys, there's no way these guys aren't going to fight by the end of this. This sounds like such a horrible, toxic environment, and it sounds like everything that's wrong with football. That's true. Like None of these people should be coaching. I would buy an HBO subscription to watch this. So would I. I wouldn't even use my mom's anymore. I would buy my mom's <laughs> subscription. Like, you hear that, HBO? And Greg Williams was on last year's Hard Knocks. He was with the Browns, and he was uh, like even crazy. Everyone was like, "Oh, he's going to be crazy." He was even crazier than he met, we, surpassed our expectations. We have talked about Greg Williams before, and mm -hmm. my question still remains: Is why do people keep hiring this guy? Because he is he that good? I mean, he's pretty good. I mean, the Browns were they in the season one game from making the playoffs? Yeah, and they they hadn't won a game the year before. The year before, and they won one game the year prior. So. 
There's still more about the coaching staff. Oh, they, oh my lord! The running backs coach is Jim Bob Cooter, <laughs> oh. which is the best name in sports. Uh, I don't think you can say that name on the podcast. <laughs> That's his name. I don't care. <laughs> uh, it gets worse. Like I keep saying, it gets worse, but it keeps getting worse. Jim Bob Cooter is like a normal. He seems to be a normal guy, but then here's something from the Detroit Free Press. Jim Bob Cooter, now 31, was arrested and charged with aggravated burglary in 2009. <laughs> it, it gets worse. I keep saying it. And with drunken driving in 2006. The Tennessean reports on 2009, a woman said he climbed through an apartment window, stripped down to his underwear, and got into bed with her. The AP reported July 2nd, 2009, Knoxville police said that there's no indication that Cooter knew the woman. Oh. My. God. How does he have a job? How does he have a job? So you have Bounty, two guys involved in, in Bounty Gate, and then you have this guy climbing into women's windows and taking his clothes off. Oh, my God. This is actually a very good segue into what I wanted to talk about. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about me with the segue. I hope this isn't a segue into Valentine's Day stuff. <laughs> No, this is a segue into Kareem Hunt, which this, I mean, Kareem Hunt was earlier this week, but I did want to bring this up because it seems to me that men behaving badly in sports is a thing that we totally just accept and we give them second chance after second chance after second chance without them having done anything to earn it. I'd like to focus on the players, but I guess it applies to the freaking coaches as well. You only get a second chance if you don't kneel. Exactly. Exactly. You only get a second chance if you don't kneel. Kareem Hunt was arrested or charged with... Actually, I don't know if he was actually officially arrested or charged, but there was a video of him uh, assaulting a woman, kicking her, shoving her in a Cleveland hotel, and released by Kansas City... And picked up by the Cleveland Browns, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there were no charges or arrests made at the time. Okay, yes. So, but there is video, and the video is very disturbing. Mm -hmm. Like, people have to restrain him from going after this woman. And uh, I'm not even saying as much as I want to say right off this 23-year-old and mm. don't give him any second chances. That's not in his best interest. It's uh, not in the best interest of uh, abuse victims that... Uh, you know, men suffer those consequences because eventually it just ends up backfiring and puts them in a worse situation. But I don't really see what Kareem Hunt has done to get the second chance. Just like this Jets coach climbed into bed with a woman that he does not know, broke in, and still has a job. And I think the worst part is they said that they did extensive research but never reached out to the woman. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you very much. Extensive research. Nobody knows what that is. He's going to have to follow some guidelines. Nobody knows what those guidelines are. None of this is like public or transparent. It's just to take our word for it. We think he's a good guy and that they're hoping that people will forget about it once he starts, you know, scoring enough touchdowns. And the problem is they say like this was this isn't like emblematic of his character, but he's being investigated by the league for three different things. Like yeah. it's, this is one of three things. Like he assaulted someone else, I think at a nightclub or a bar. So he has like a history of violence. Yes. This isn't his third, second chance. It's like his fourth. 
And and this is the double standard that we have in the league right now, which is that men are allowed to behave as badly as they want, proven that they can succeed on the field. Yes. All right. Well, that was a freaking downer. But the <laughs> Valentine's <sucks>. Day. <laughs> no more love. <laughs> I'm sorry. Love sucks. To to make us like sports again, I want you to pick your sports Valentine. If you could ask an athlete to be your Valentine, I'll go first. Who would it be? You can't pick Bill Belichick. (laughs) Evan, your turn. (laughs) Hey, I really need to. God, this is hard. Okay, so I was going to say Gritty, but Gritty can't talk. Gritty wouldn't be able to respond to me. He would. He can show you it's that. It's a bad date. He, he would just be like this with, with his, his eyes. Actions. So I'm gonna go with Lisa Leslie because it's Black History Month, and growing up, I played basketball, and she was actually one of the women who I like, kind of like enjoy watching mm-hmm. because one, she dunked the ball, and I never really could dunk growing up, and I was just like, wow, I was just really impressed with not only how skilled she was as a, a basketball player, but like. I really felt like she could go against guys and dominate against them. Okay. I like that. I think that's a very inclusive uh, answer. I appreciate that. Uh, you top, have passed. Top that one, Belichick. <laughs> you have passed. Uh, I'm going with an old white man. I'm going Belichick anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Bill, I love Bill Belichick. You have such a spot, soft spot for Bill. Because he makes my job easier. Like that Super Bowl was boring, and I had to write a lot about it. And the, the every time I like thought of a good idea, it had to do with Belichick because he makes things interesting by doing different strategies that other coaches won't do. It makes my job easier. I like him. So he, it's purely intellectual, though. You're asking him on a purely intellectual level to be your Valentine. Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> for him, I would go out on a date with him. <laughs> We can go to Cape Cod. He likes Cape Cod. I think, or Nantucket. I don't even know, do you know the this? difference. I've read a lot about the man. So we are, I, I can say right now we have a lot in common, Bill. <laughs> we both uh, like football uh, and sweatshirts with the sleeves cut off. Is this the Bachelor Stevens edition? or? Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, bro. But anyway, we would talk football for hours and, you know, fall asleep in each other's arms. <laughs> All right, can I do my pick? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I thought about this for like the 40 seconds that we've (laughs) had the question on the table. Evan's not going to be surprised. You know who I pick? Do you want to guess? Chris Pratt. (laughs) Is it a man or a woman? Uh, It's a man. It's a white dude. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get that sound effect on a sound box so bad. Uh, I pick Steve Kerr. Oh, Ugh. that's my dad. <laughs> you picked a guy named Steve? <laughs> First of all, don't come at my dad like that. Oh, you love... Steve Kerr is woke, woke. I love Steve Kerr. I love Steve Kerr because he's like the mix of woke dad with wannabe cool dad. Plus, he totally went bonkers last night and got ejected from a game and... Uh, I find people um, outrageously losing their tempers very attractive. I wonder, like, Steve I, Kerr, will you be my Valentine? Who picked Steve Kerr when you could pick Greg Popovich? <laughs> no, Steve Kerr. No, Greg's going through a lot. He just lost his wife. That's too emotional That's for me. That's dark. 
Look at this. <laughs> anyway. This is good radio. <laughs> uh, this is so forking off the rails. Hmm. Guys, just know that I had the best take when it came to having a Valentine. It's probably the first and only time I like win the discussion. So toot my own horn right here. Toot toot. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. Check, you stay on my mind. How'd you know I was gonna pick you?